God bless all you guys. Hey, I just want to thank you so much for listening to these episodes, these messages that God's placed in my heart. I just want to take a short, quick time here just to let you guys know about our ministry's YouTube channel. Uh, you know, it just really mean a lot for you guys to go ahead and click the link in the description. If you guys haven't already, go ahead and click that link. Go ahead and subscribe. Turn on the notifications. That way you guys can see when we go live. Hallelujah. And that you'll be able to see when we put out any new content, anything that God's placed on my heart, I upload to YouTube. So if you guys could go ahead and join us by subscribing to our ministry's YouTube channel, that would help us out a bunch in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much again, guys, for listening uh, you know, to these podcasts. It really means a lot to me. I pray you're blessed by them. And without further ado, let's go ahead and let's get right back into this next episode. Hallelujah. God bless all of you guys. Just want to go into this second point, uh, you know, under the title of destroying sin out of your life. This is the second point, And I want you to write this down. Lifestyle of prayer. Now, I was teaching you guys in the last episode about having a lifestyle of fasting. You'll notice that each one of these points has the word lifestyle in it, meaning that it it can it um want meaning that you want to be able to have a consistency of doing this in your life. So a lifestyle is being consistent in what I'm telling you to do. This is what separates a winning Christian and a losing Christian. One who actually does the work is the one who wins. But the one who decides not to do the work and be consistent is the one that loses. Okay, I want you guys to understand this. So you have to pray until you hate sin and everything that is evil. You want to pray and continue to keep praying until sin disgusts you until any act of evil makes you upset at it. For example, if you don't hate sickness, then you'll just accept it. When you get sick, the first thing that we do is we begin to just cater to it. You know, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get uh, like crackers, we'll get like uh, ginger ale, whatever it, you know, whatever it is that people need when they get sick. But you got to get to the point where that thing tries to begin to rise up inside of your body, that you begin to rebuke it and you hate it with a passion. The Bible says that Jesus, that he, that, that in Proverbs, it talked about him, that he hated seven things and that he hated sickness. He hated lying. He hated the work of the devil is what Jesus did. In Proverbs uh, chapter 6, it talks about the things that he hated. Hallelujah. But I, I, wanna, I want you guys to get this into your spirit, that it's okay to hate which is evil. It's okay to hate sin, and it's okay to hate sickness, because sickness is from the evil one. It's not from God. So you got to get a passion inside of you that causes you to hate the very thought of sickness in someone's body, in, some, in your own body, in the name of Jesus. Now I want you to see this. Go with me to Jude chapter 1 verse 23. It says, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. 
So you have to hate the garment that's defiled by the flesh. So you have to hate the garment that is defiled, meaning the garment that is sinful. You have to hate that very thing. You, oh my Holy Spirit, meaning that you have to get angry and have a passion against sinful nature. You have to be angry and hate the garment defiled by the flesh. How is it defiled? How does sin come? Sin comes through the flesh. You have to hate the flesh with a passion. You have to make sure that you crucify your flesh every single day. That you hate the flesh with a passion because the flesh is where sinful nature and the sinful desire tries to rise up on the inside of you. But the Bible says, like we read in Jude chapter 1 verse 23, that hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. You got to hate that garment that is of sinful nature and you got to put it to death by having a lifestyle of prayer. I want you guys to see this. How do you change the garment that's defiled? How do you get rid of the garment that's defiled by sin? Jesus is our example. Jesus prayed until his garments changed. And I want you to see this. Jesus prayed until his garments changed, until they were clean and had no defilements. Why? Because he hated the garment that is defiled by the flesh. He hated the sinful nature so much that the Bible says that he prayed until his garments were completely changed. Go with me to Luke chapter 9, verse 28 through 29. This is why I'm teaching you, church, the importance of living a lifestyle of prayer. Because prayer is what changes the garments. The garment that's defiled by sin will not be changed unless you live a lifestyle of prayer because prayer is what removes the defiled garment off of you. Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and glistening. I want you guys to understand this. That the robe became white and glistening. Meaning anything that was defiled on the garment. Because a garment represented a robe. And the robe being sinful uh, represented it being dirty. And if you have a dirty robe, this is how the Bible is teaching you how to get rid of that sinful robe out of your life. How to get, get rid of that sinful nature and that sinful desire that entices you like we read in James chapter 1 yeah, in the last episode. Hallelujah. The Bible says that as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and glistening. So as you live a lifestyle of prayer, your robe will always be white. Your robe will always be glistening, meaning that you will not have any sin in your life, meaning that you will not have any sinful nature on your garments representing dirt on your garments, but you will walk in purity. You will walk in holiness according to the word of God because praying keeps your garments white and clean, meaning that you will walk sinless and you are not defiled by the things of the flesh. Why is it so important for us to pray? Because prayer is a work of the spirit. We are called to actually cleanse ourselves. And I want you to understand this, um, church. 
that many will argue that we cannot cleanse ourselves. But Jesus was demonstrating to the church as he is the head that as you pray and as you continue to pray, just like he did on the mountain, he prayed until the appearance of his face was altered and that his robe became white and glistening. He's saying that I'm the head of the church. And if I the head pray until my garment is white and glistening, how much more does the body who is connected to the head need to pray like I prayed so that you can keep your garments white and clean and keep yourself from walking in sinful nature and keep yourself from no longer walking in sin, but walking sinless so that you are not defiled. He's saying that he prayed, so it was a work that he had to do. In the same way, you and I, church, are called to cleanse ourselves, and I and I want to and I really want to touch on this because many, like I said, will argue that we don't that we don't have to do that or that we can't do that. But the word is teaching us in the example of Jesus's life that you can cleanse yourself and that you are called to cleanse yourself because we have to understand that we know that Jesus cleansed us with his blood. But the Bible says that even though he washed us and cleansed us, that you must keep yourself clean. You must cleanse yourself from all filthiness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus cleansed us and washed us. However, he said that we should be co-laborers with him. A laborer, this means a worker next to him. Jesus worked his work on the cross, meaning that it did cleanse you, meaning that it did purify you for the first time so that the Holy Spirit could enter into you. But now the Bible says that you and I are co-laborers, meaning that you are co-workers with Jesus. It does not mean that Jesus does all the work. Now you, church, are called to work next to Jesus. What does it mean for you to work? It means for you to pray. Prayer is a work that Jesus called every single one of the believers who becomes a co-laborer with Christ to do. It's not that we just sit there because Jesus has cleansed us and washed us. It means that we must work next to him. It's not someone who just sits there and does nothing and says, I'm just waiting for God to do it all. Meaning that I'm just waiting for God to get me out of my sinful nature. I'm waiting for God to cleanse me. No, Jesus already cleansed you. And now it's your responsibility to keep yourself cleansed through the work of prayer because prayer Prayer is a work of the Spirit, Holy Spirit. And what cleansed you in the beginning from all of your iniquity and all of your sin? It was a work of the Spirit. Why? Because when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that the blood was poured out for you and I so that it would cleanse all of our iniquities. Not only did it cleanse all of our iniquities, but the Bible says that Jesus cried out and gave up, and with the last breath, he gave up his spirit. He yielded his spirit to you and I so that we could be born again, so that we could have his life. Now you have to look at the life of Jesus. What did Jesus do? Jesus withdrew into the wilderness, the Bible said, very often to pray. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord says that Jesus stayed up and labored and worked in prayer all night until sunrise. And the Bible says that he also woke up very early in the morning. 
but he would pray and he would labor, meaning that prayer was a work and that it was a labor and a work that he needed to do as the son of God. Listen, church, the Bible now says that you and I are now called the son and daughter of God because we've been born again by the same spirit, which was Jesus, who was the first son. And now you and I have now come, have now become the second son. And if you're a woman or a girl, now you become the second daughter. Hallelujah. But I want you to understand that even though that Christ has set you free, even though you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, even Jesus himself, when he walked on the earth, had to cleanse himself from the sinful nature, from the garment that defiled the flesh, from the things of the world that try to attach itself to his garment. It says that he went up to the mountain to pray. And in Luke chapter 9, verse 29, it says, as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and glistening. Now, why wasn't his robe already white and glistening? Because the sinful nature of the world tries to grip mankind. It tries to grip the flesh. But you have to understand that prayer is a work of the spirit. And when you're working and laboring in the spirit, you're crucifying the flesh because the flesh doesn't want to pray. This is why it's so hard for the, for the believer to pray because you're wrestling against not flesh and blood, but you're wrestling against spirits. So you're wrestling against the sinful nature that does not want to pray when you go into prayer. That's, when, that's why when you go to pray, you automatically begin to get tired. You automatically begin to yawn or you automatically begin to want to do something else that's of the sinful nature, which is of the flesh. Meaning, you know, you want to go, uh, you know, do something else. You want to go eat because you, you want to feed your flesh. You want to go, uh, you know, watch TV because you want to feed your flesh and, and, you know, believe that when you're watching TV that you're actually not doing anything and it's actually relaxing, which actually is a lie that's not the truth what is really actually more relaxing is when you get into prayer into the presence of God because that's what you were designed to do you were created to pray you were created to pray and you were created to live a lifestyle of prayer hallelujah I want to get back to what I was talking about, that it's your responsibility, meaning to have actions of work, because praying is a work, and praying is a work of the Spirit, and the Spirit is what cleanses the things from the flesh. Nothing of the flesh can stand up to the things of the Spirit. That's why when you live a lifestyle of prayer, you're constantly living in a lifestyle of the Spirit. And when you live in a lifestyle of the Spirit, there's no room for the desire of the sinful nature of the flesh to come into your heart or to come into your mind because the word of the Lord says that the spirit will be like rivers of living water overflowing out of your heart meaning where does sinful nature where does the sinful desire try to enter into it enters into your heart and it tries to enter into your mind but when you are covered with the spirit by prayer and that your robes are white and glistening because they're altered and changed as you do a work of the spirit, which in this case is a lifestyle of prayer, there's no room for the sinful nature. There's no room for the desire of the flesh to try to have its way in your life because you have to understand, church, that you are now called a temple. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you still have flesh and carnal. You know, you still have skin. You still have bones. But that's not the flesh that it's talking about. It's talking about the flesh of the sinful nature. 
nature. The flesh of the sinful nature is what tries to live on the inside, not what tries to live on the outside. Hallelujah. But when you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, you are called to do the work of the Spirit. You are a vessel used by God to be useful that you would pray to God and have relationship with God through your body. But you have to understand that the Spirit does not have relationship with the Father without a temple. The Spirit cannot move. The Spirit cannot pray on its own until it has someone who is master of the temple, which represents you and I, where the Spirit now lives inside of us because the Word of the Lord says that when we gave our lives to Jesus, that we died, but we were born again, meaning that every fleshly and sinful nature desire was crucified on the cross, hallelujah, and you were buried, meaning all the sinful nature and the desire of the flesh was buried in the grave, but the word of the Lord says that you came back up in Christ, meaning that you came up as a spirit and no longer as a fleshly being, hallelujah. That's why the word of the Lord says in John chapter 3, verse 6, that that which is flesh is flesh, but that which is spirit is spirit. So you are no longer of the flesh because you've been born again, not of the flesh, but you've been born again of the spirit. Hallelujah. So that makes you a spirit being. So you were created to live a lifestyle of prayer because prayer is a spirit work. And you were created to work in the spirit. You were created to do the works of the spirit. That's why, hallelujah, the word of the Lord says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Go there with me. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. What's it saying? Since we have these promises, what are the promises? We have the promises of God that are found only in the spirit. And it's saying, beloved, which means you, the believer, the church, cleanse yourself from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, lowercase spirit, meaning the things of the soul, meaning the things of the lowercase spirit, which is what you were before you became an uppercase Holy Spirit, hallelujah, because you were not born again of the Holy Spirit, but you were born of the lowercase spirit, which means as a man in a vessel, as a temple, you had a lowercase spirit in you, which represented you wanted to do the work of the sinful nature, but now you've been born again of the uppercase spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, which now lives inside of you, which means you should only desire to do the things of the spirit you should no longer desire to do the things of the lowercase spirit which has to do with the flesh which has to do with sin and the word of the lord says in romans chapter 6 that the wages of sin is uh, is death but the gift of god is eternal life what was the gift of god the gift of god was the holy spirit so that you could do the works of the holy spirit so that the wages of the holy spirit is eternal life so that you do not spend eternity in hell but now you spend eternity in the heavenly place with the father in heaven hallelujah now, i want you guys to understand this because i'm teaching you how to destroy sin out of your life and this is point number two living a lifestyle of prayer the act of praying in, is, is spirit. The act of praying is spirit because it's a command of the spirit. God is the one that commanded us to pray. God is the one that commanded us to pray without ceasing. 
This is a command of the spirit. So when you obey the command, which is spirit. So as you pray, you are getting the spirit in you more and it cleanses you, cleanses you from the things of the flesh. And the only thing that can cleanse you from the things of the flesh is the spirit. Because I want you to understand the things of the flesh represent the grave. Jesus went into the grave, which represented the grip of sin, which represented the grip of the flesh. But the Bible says that the power of God, which is the spirit of God, raised and worked inside of Jesus' life, that it raised him out of the grave, representing that it raised him out of sin, and it raised him out of the sinful nature, which was the fleshly nature. So the Holy Spirit, which is praying, pulls you and I out of the sinful nature, out of the grave, out of the desire to sin, and it destroys the work of sin out of your life by doing the work and action of prayer. That's why living a lifestyle of prayer is you living a lifestyle in the spirit. And living a lifestyle in the spirit keeps you out of the grave, which means that it continues to destroy the works of sin out of your life. Because the works of sin in your life is what tries to keep you in the grave and which tries to keep you a master to the grave but the same power that works in your life that worked inside of Christ that raised him from the grave is when you pray that power works in your life so that you no longer are are no longer mastered by sin in the grave but you master sin in the grave and you get pulled out of the grave meaning that sin is destroyed out of your life and that you do not bow to the grave which are represents sin, but that you now bow to the spirit, which is the work of the spirit, which was, is living a lifestyle of prayer in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So you got to choose the spirit. You got to choose this day whom you're going to serve. That's why the Bible says in Joshua chapter 24, verse 17, I believe it says that Joshua says, choose this day who you are going to serve. He says, but as for me in my house, so he's saying, I'm choosing in my house, we will serve the Lord. What's he saying? I will not choose to serve my flesh today, but I will choose to serve the Lord. Who is the Lord? The Lord is the spirit. So he's saying, as for me and my house, we will choose to serve the spirit. So you got to ask yourself as you are the house of the Lord, because that's your body. You got to ask yourself, what are you going to use your body to serve today? What are you going to use your body to serve the day that God has given to you that gave you an option to be able to serve your flesh or to serve the father which is the spirit hallelujah and how do you serve the spirit by doing the work of the spirit by getting into a lifestyle of prayer every single day of your life is you choosing not to serve the flesh hallelujah by not sinning but by serving the spirit of god by doing the work of the spirit which is by prayer in the name of jesus hallelujah I pray that you guys are encouraged by this word. And like I said, this is just the second episode of destroying sin out of your life. This is point number two, living a lifestyle of prayer in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus that you guys understand this message in Revelation and that you begin to choose each day, just like Joshua said, whom you're going to serve, whether your flesh, which is the sinful nature and desire, or if you're going to serve God, which is the spirit, by using your body as an instrument and a vessel to pray, just like God has called you to do in the name of Jesus. God bless all of you guys. I love you. 
Have a wonderful day in Jesus' name.